With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, it definitely is for me because 
It's the first one I've had, technically. Uh, and I've been doing radio for a little while now. So I finally kind of invested in that, and I want to give a shout-out and thanks, a uh, big thanks to a friend of mine in the business and the person who did that jingle for me, uh, that's uh, Ray of Track Dealer, uh, and you can reach him if you're interested in things of that nature and his talent, uh, Track Dealer, uh, DC at gmail.com, excuse me, or at HeatRay DC. Great group of guys uh, doing outstanding work. So I want to give them a plug, obviously, because they are helping me out as well. Things that I am unable to do, partially because it's just not my skill set. I mean, you know, some people are just really gifted at the, at the different things that they do. And so I can, man, there are plenty of other things that I can list that I'm not good at. So, yeah, I always like to give, uh, you know, props when people are doing something that not everybody can. Yes, there's a lot of people out there that do it, but there's a whole lot more who cannot do that and don't have that skill set. So I'm definitely appreciative because I don't. Uh, Let's see. Now, for those who... (laughs) have been tuning in regularly. And I want to thank all those who are. I want to thank all the followers on Instagram. I want to thank all our followers on uh, Twitter. Definitely, because Twitter has been kind of hopping. And those who are following us on YouTube, if you're not, if you want to see my ugly mug, you can see and listen to the show that way as well. And as you saw in the which you will see in the new promo on YouTube uh, in a few days. I'll do some edits. But anyway, uh, you will also hear it in the intro there. Um, so I like real facts, not the fake ones or fake news. Like, you know, it's a big plug in this country um, here lately, and it's kind of disturbing uh, how <laughs> – how we allow such uh, randomness to take such hold in a country that calls itself educated and intelligent. Uh, Yeah. So I like random facts. They're interesting to me. Kind of keeps my brain going, I guess. Now, so I like, and I have to, you know, plug them too. I like to drink Snapple. Uh, one flavor more than, than most of them, but they have the random facts when you turn off the top and, and anybody can do this. So I'm really not giving them a plug out, but they do real facts and they have the real facts on their website or they have a web, you know, part of their website that's dedicated to all these real facts. And you don't even have to go out and buy it per se. You can just go to the real facts. And so I like doing that. So we're going to start out uh, that's kind of a little tradition I have. I like to do because I haven't gone through all of them, and most of them have been quite interesting. So we'll jump right in. On average, and this is real fact number 29, according to Snapple, on average, a human being will spend up to two weeks kissing in his or her lifetime. 
And I probably should have already done this, but that's a lot. Well, maybe it might not be in his or her lifetime. So you would have to, I guess, look at the average age. And that kind of varies, obviously. So I'm just going to throw out roughly 70 years old. We obviously know that that some people don't make it to that. But for men and women in different age categories, that's kind of the number that I hear kind of tossed around or close to it. So we'll throw that out there just for giggles, just for giggles. And so then you would have to say, in someone's lifetime, okay, so in 70 years, you spend two weeks of that 70 years kissing. Two weeks is 14 days. I'm going to use modern technology. That's what it's been for, correct? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but let me go to my little calculator here because that's interesting. I want to see how many hours. I'm not sure that anybody else really cares at this point, but I kind of care. And so this is kind of an interesting fact here. So that, that would be 14 days. And 14 days times 24 hours in each day, 336 hours of kissing. I don't know. I think that's a little short. <laughs> because including myself with the right person, let me put that out there. I'm thinking I'm going to kiss, well, maybe, I don't know. That that would be interesting. But, but here is the question with all of these, probably, that I could repeat and be real redundant with it. But the question is, who... Who came up, who thought in their mind to say, I, I, that's probably the more interesting thing for me is to ask who researched this. And then I would want to interview the person who researched it to ask them, now because I, honestly, I'm not making fun here, because obviously stuff like this and a person having the mindset to even go there has allowed for a lot of stuff, a lot of invention. Even if somebody just kind of happened onto something that is interesting, though, I would be interested to interview a lot of these people just to kind of pick their brain and say, well, what made you? interested in wanting to know how, how long a human being on average. So, but you come up with this number here. How did you, and who volunteered for this? That's another thing. And did you pay them? That's, that's the <laughs> what other factors when it, did they get to choose the person that they kissed? Because no offense to anybody, because my own, I need to go see the dentist myself. But there are some mouths that some dentists have described to me, because I know that uh, I, I went to the dentist one time, and this is a true story. I went to the dentist, and I had had coffee. And those that know me know that I, I like coffee, but I drink it for the taste, but not only the taste, but because it, it helps keep me warm and when it's cold and sometimes 
where I work, it stays cold. So I, I use it to help warm me up in the morning. But I just, I, I, so <laughs> I don't want to go too, too far into it because I can take that down a long, long road. But I would be, definitely, seriously, I would be interested to, to see what made that person interested in knowing that bit of information because I, the, the subjects there, who, who, who would, I know people volunteer, and I guess if you're paying money, people would be willing to do a lot of, a lot of things. That one, it, that one jumped off the page at me because, and that was uh, fact number 29. We're going to jump because I, I want to make sure that uh, it's not like this is kind of random. And they allow you to click to a random fact also. And it see, somebody was thinking that not everybody would just want to scroll down how many of them there are. I don't actually know. guess I'll find out at some point. So the second one is our last one, and that will be uh, that will be it. This is real fact nine fifty number nine fifty nine hundred and fifty. So we know at least there's nine hundred and fifty of them. This one is the first spam of the message. The first spam message was transmitted over telegraph wires in 1864. <laughs> wow. And then I probably want to interview that person to say, when did you come up with the idea of spam? That one might be also quite interesting, probably. And the only reason why I say it, well, not the only reason, but one of the major reasons why I'm saying it is because I like history. And so that actually falls right in line with, with things that I'm interested in. may not be for everybody else, but the first spam message transmitted in 1864. Well, hey, welcome again, everybody, to the Take C Ranch podcast. You know, we call them podcasts. I call them conversations. But actually, our show today, as last week was, we are talking about the first eight chapters in the book Becoming uh, by first former First Lady Michelle Obama. It is uh, on the uh, New York Times bestseller list. Uh, and from some reports I've been hearing, it's, it's reaching very close to that uh, all-time uh, mark uh, set by anybody. So kudos. I know that so far, thus far, I'm enjoying what I'm reading. Again, as I expressed last week, it's just taking me back because she's only a few years older than myself. It's just taking me back in a very nostalgic way and, and having me kind of in, in, in laughs and giggles about stuff that, that is very reminiscent of how she grew up. But before we do that, there's a couple of things that are going on in the news that I do want to make mention of. And because I believe that they are, well, they are. They're very uh, pertinent to what's going on with humanity right now. But I'll just say it like that, and I'm sure I'll get into <laughs> depth about that in, in many ways. But there's a couple of things that are popping in as 
everyone knows I like to draw information. I like to draw stories and begin these conversations based off of real. I don't, I don't like to just pick a topic and say, hey, let's talk about this or that, because I think that limits you. Life is happening. Life is happening for each and every person every second of every day, and we count these things, this, this, uh, this um, element of life time, we put, you know, frameworks around it so that we can navigate life better. But within that context, there are some other stories that, that illuminate those subjects better, and we can speak to those things a lot with a lot more uh, clarity, definity, versus being ambiguous about what this may mean or this overarching topic or subject just thrown out there. So that being said, I'm going to jump into a couple of stories before we get into our main course today. So the first one that I want to talk about, and it it, it kind of crosses a lot of sports and entertainment, <laughs> uh, definitely entertainment, okay? Sports and entertainment, the mix, right? Uh, that's been going on for a very long time, longer than many of us can, uh, trust me, longer than, than many of us will know, but in our own lifetime. So the, a story that most people would probably know if you follow sports uh, of any kind, you'll know this story. Bob Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, uh, found has found himself in a slight bit of trouble. He was found having oral relations or having relations, excuse me, uh, in a spa, in a Florida spa, a sex a massage parlor. Okay, so we, we kind of, you know, for those who don't know, this is what the allegation was. And although it's not a felony, of course, him being a high, uh, you know, a figure, a person in society that is well known, the story is going to get illuminated. So I'm almost not even... I want to reference this story for all the other stuff that's been talked about per se. Uh, there are some things that have to be talked about within the story in the context of the story across anybody's podcast or anybody's conversation because they're just the factual information of it. So I, I will touch upon that part of it, but I want to see it from the aspect and as of right now and as the taping of this conversation, this episode, it is my understanding that uh, the NFL has done nothing as far as discipline or, you know, they're waiting to see what's going on. But I'm going to give my take on that aspect of it, not so much about his guilt be because of the fact that there's video. So his lawyers are at this point uh, – because Mr. Kraft has pleaded not guilty, and he's asking for a jury trial uh, because of some concerns that his attorneys have raised. Now, his attorneys 
are alleging that the search of the spa was illegal. So the owner is being charged with paying for sex at a massage parlor. Now, they're saying that the officers violated the U.S. and state constitutions and used tactics normally reserved for serious crimes rather than low-level offenses. Now, the owner, he released a statement Saturday, past Saturday, saying that he was truly sorry, uh, but he was videoed not once but twice paying for a sex act at the massage parlor. Now, the latest one, according to the story, was, I believe, according to the reports, was right before the AFC Championship game. He was charged in February with paying for sex acts at the spa twice in January, hours before the Patriots defeated Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC championship game. Ah, God, for all those jokes out there, oh, my God, yes, a million things were going through my head. He just had to get a quickie in before the game. Oh, my. (laughs) He had to get his rocks off before he focused in on the job at hand. Yes. (laughs) Wow. So, anyway. I guess on the more serious note, I, I, my part in this is uh, I, I honestly understand him and the other 300 men or so that were charged as well with him. Obviously, if they get this overturned, they, they're trying to get the, the charges um, uh, dropped for this. And so, obviously, if that happens, then it's going to be expunged from this record. So it'll, it'll be as if it was no, no, not there. So, yes, the public will know it. Some people will remember it, right? So here's where I turn to the NFL. The NFL has had for quite some time a, this new policy, this Code conduct, you know, personal conduct policy, you know, behavior. And we've seen a rash of players, and according to all reports, this is supposed to also pertain to the owners as well. So in a really recent case, and close to home for me because it was a part of my favorite team, Kansas City Chiefs, you had the Kareem Hunt situation. Now, it's real hard to prove something when it's not on video. It's he say, she say, and all that type of stuff. His acts were caught on video, and uh, the Kansas City Chiefs did what most organizations would do at that particular time under the circumstances, and they released him. He has since been picked up by the Cleveland Browns, although the NFL will now make him serve an eight-game suspension. So he loses out on on money. He was not charged, and at least to my knowledge, he had not been charged even up to this point in that particular situation. 
not in any way, shape, form, or fashion saying that what he did was correct, merely saying he was not. Mr. Kraft has been charged. And although his lawyers may find a way because they say that the police overstepped their bounds, they they say that their uh, their tactics were uh, drastic, invasive. You know, they go on about that. So basically they're trying to, uh, and they're also saying that they misrepresented the facts of their investigation in order to get the search warrant and all this. They make a, a statement about viewing hours of videotape. Well, that was part of the investigation. You're trying to see if people, there's sex trafficking going on. You're going to want a lot of tape. <laughs> Nutshell, I have don't know the man. I don't know uh, his life or lifestyle. I do know that his wife had uh, passed away in 2011, so several years ago. And he's saying that his morals were shaped by his late wife. And I'm not even going to go into that because I probably would not have made that statement based off of what you were caught doing. <laughs> I'm not sure that your late wife would be happy about you being in there getting blown off before you go to the championship game. Uh, but that being said, uh, I don't know how you punish an owner, but I'm interested to see whether they do punish him for one, and if so, how they punish him based off of what the league says and based off of what they've done with recent situations that are very similar that work caught on video. So regardless of whether you get off from the legal aspect and you paying these high-priced lawyers to get you off and maneuver the legal system to get you out of this, the NFL is not the legal system. And we've seen them act and we've seen them suspend and we've seen them fine and we've seen them do all these different things. I'd like to see and I'm very interested to see how they place that same lens on the case with Mr. Kraft. Stay tuned. We'll see whether privilege, again, in this country, wins out. Whether the punishment is going to be exacted in the same manner for all people that are operating under the same Rules and regulations. And again, I pointed out earlier that according to what, from what I know, and someone can correct me if they'd like to, but according to what I know, the NFL, that policy includes the ownership. So that one's to be, uh, stay tuned. You know, we'll see how that kind of plays out. The next one, I, I think, uh, is also quite interesting because it's a situation, that, which all of these are typically, but it's one of those situations where violence 
is is enacted upon someone else. And instead of allowing authorities to handle a situation, potentially, some people get this, I'll say, vigilante type of spirit about them, and it only exacerbates the situation. Now, even with that and beyond that, then, I am just kind of appalled at how, now, I'm not there. I'm getting the facts from this report, and I will give you these facts as I'm talking about this particular case, which happened in Dallas County. The Dallas County Sheriff's Department has issued the mugshot of this individual. Uh, Alex Horton writes this article about an incident which happened. And this is a motor vehicle incident, this is, which is why I don't necessarily want to be on the road because people like kind of just forget that there are other people on the road and not just them. But in this particular article, a black woman was beaten by a white man with a gun. But the police charged her with damaging his truck. <laughs> now, for the life of me, for the life of me, I immediately, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex Horton, for writing. Hey, it, it is simple, but thank you for writing that title in the way that you did because that made me want to read this article. And so I'm going to give you some of it. It's, it's, a, it's a little bit of an article, and I don't want to leave too much out, but <clears throat> I have to do it justice. Now, mind you, I will be silly. There's one little piece in here that I, and, and I mean no harm, okay? I mean no harm at all. But sometimes things are just funny. We have to learn life in life. You know, some things are funny. And, hey, I laugh at myself, and I figure if I can laugh at myself, then I can laugh at anyone else, kind of. I do try to be respectful with my laugh. If there is a such a thing as being respectful when you're laughing at someone else, well, Anyway, let's get into what Alex is talking about here. So on the night when a gun was pulled, punches were thrown, and car windows smashed, uh, all this happened. Race relations, Dallas just had some things going on that night. And it all began with a traffic dispute. See, the, all these traffic disputes, that have, well, that's not the only thing that we get violence course, but definitely. Now, the reason why I'm going to laugh here, well, I won't tell you the reason why. You'll probably laugh with me or at me if you're watching on YouTube because of the fact that I, I, I promise you I'm trying, and I'm trying not to butcher this name, but sometimes, and I think I've actually talked about this before, I think it actually it was. It was, it was on the radio show that we did in, in D.C. when I was living in D.C., you can name your children whatever you want to. I get it. I understand it. And I understand there's some very unique and creative ways in which we choose to do so. But please bear in mind when you do that, and you have every right to, you don't. I, I, I tell people quite often you cannot control others. There are many people out there that try to 
we talk about <laughs> yes, I am well aware of that. A ton of people that are out trying to do that. But you can't control people. Hell, you can barely control yourself. And I've said it on this show before, and I'll say it many, many times. You barely control yourself. If, you're, if you, you didn't control how you got here, what you look like, who you came here to, the daytime that you were going to arrive. You didn't know how tall you were going to be, what your eye color was going to be, what your hair, whether you were going to bald. You did not have that information at the time. Or you didn't know that. You, you don't know when you're going to die, how you're going to die. There's very little that you control about your own life, so the audacity that you have to try to control other people, I don't understand. You, you can't. So in the name thing, why do I bring a control? Why do I go on that little rant? I go on that rant because not only do you not control that about yourself, you don't control other people, nor can you control the response that they may have to something that you do and or say or an act. As much as we want people to support the things that we do and say and blah, 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 right, more times than not, they don't. You cannot control the reaction that people may have to how you name your children. And I have seen and heard some names. So I thank God because I will be honest, and I told my mom that I didn't necessarily like. And it wasn't that I disliked it, but I just, I mean, it just was kind of okay. It was a, hey, it was a name. But I am so grateful and thankful to her now. <laughs> and even with me having one of the most simplest names, I it spells itself. People still butcher it. They butcher it pretty much in the same way, and I'm not talking about butchering it in the uh, in the way of misspelling it per se, because there's several ways to spell my name that have you know been commonly used. But one in particular spelling, I just don't get it. I I really don't because. So the name on my birth certificate is Brian, B-R-I-A-N. And then I know, that, like I said, there's many other, there's a few other spellings that I've seen. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I, to some extent, don't even necessarily have a problem with people putting the T on the end, and it does become a different name, Brian, but in the next week we spell with a Y from what I've seen. So my point is, yes, I'm one, but I'll come back. My point is that people who commonly mess up my name will spell it brain. And it just boggles my mind how you could get those two messed up. Now, yes, I've seen them written down side by side. But again, both of them really spell themselves brain. Brian. And for those watching on YouTube, I try to help. You see how you try to help people out sometimes when you try to get them to, to understand something? Brain. Brian. I don't see the mess up. I, I don't see the, the difficulty in understanding the difference. 
you would think over time that no, it doesn't. It's like Consuelo says on uh, is that Family Guy? I think it is. Yeah. No, no, that's not how you spell my name. Okay. <laughs> it is. It's only five letters. You would think that they would hit it right, but this name here. Ooh, good car, Mike. No, 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 no. Because I, I, ooh, there's a name that just popped in my head that I want to give it a nickname, but I don't want somebody to be mad at me for this. Ladajanique Lee. I think I got it right. Yes, I did say Ladajanique. I think. Somebody will have to help me out. L. Apostrophe D A I, and then John and Eek, you know, Janique. I'm Di Janique. But anyway, she was going the wrong way down a one way street in the deep Elam neighborhood on March 21st. She was dropping off a friend, she said. Austin Sheffield, 30, was trying to leave a parking lot. And he tried to take a picture of her license plate. Now, I actually, and there's a couple of reasons why I brought this particular, not because of the violence per se, because I went through a very similar situation. And there's a couple of ways you can handle things, right? And again, I said, some people just feel as though they have to do some things that really, at, at the end of the day, are necessary. Now, I'm not excusing what, what Ms. Lee did at all, cause it, but it is something that happens, and I'll point to that in a second. So he tried to take a picture of her license plate because I guess he was going to report her. Lee, who was 24, threatened to mace him if he didn't back away. This is what was reported, and it was cited in uh, a police affidavit. WFAA reported this. A bystander, okay, and this is where technology comes into place and probably is a beautiful thing in many instances because it can refute these these. Fake truths that some people like to characterize in instances like this. Because the bystander, he videotaped it and he captured what happened next. And what happened next is Sheffield, who was 30, and if you look at his picture, he's a burly man with his big burly beard, right? And he obviously is probably, I don't know, I haven't seen a, a picture of Miss Lee. She's 24. He's white. She's black. He clutches a pistol at his side and steps towards Lee, who is black. I'm sorry. I did already say it. She pulls out her phone to dial 911. He swats the phone out to the ground, out of her hand to the ground, and Lee connects a punch. So she does hit. Then Sheffield winds up for at least five hard blows to Lee's head, sending her reeling. Then he kicks her phone down the street. Now, the video roared across social media and then promptly called for serious charges against Sheffield. But a felony charge landed first for Lee, the assault victim. Lee was charged Tuesday with felony criminal mischief after allegedly smashing the windows of Sheffield's truck after the incident. That decision triggered more protests in Dallas, including one planned at City Hall this, this past Wednesday. The district attorney's office did say the warrant was recalled. The case has been declined for prosecution. 
prosecution. The initial felony charge fully raised questions about whether it was appropriate for assault She's obviously in distress. This is a quote here. You can't consider these things outside of context, said uh, her attorney, who criticized authorities for filing a felony charge against Lee before they focused on Sheffield. Now, Sheffield has been referred felony assault charges to the Dallas County District Attorney's Office to consider for a grand jury. He's not been formally charged with a felony, though. Now, this is something that the police said, the police chief, Thomas Castro, he said in a news conference on Tuesday, he said, we understand that people are upset when he announced the, the, uh, the now drop charges. It's not the intention of the Dallas Police Department to pick one side or the other. We simply had information that was provided to us on a criminal offense. Now, if, and maybe it didn't happen right away. But somehow, I, I can only imagine that if the person who videoed this, captured this, was probably willing to offer this up as evidence, and then because obviously it went on um, social media. Well, why not obtain that evidence? And then probably clearly from what was described from the videos, I don't think that a felony charge against her should have been. I mean, maybe you're going to charge her for hitting him, but I think in that sense, he had already started by knocking the phone out of her hand. So in a sense, he had already begun the fight and then began the assault. So I think it's clear that there's no reason why she should have been charged at all. Plus, he had a gun. So I'm sure she's in fear for her life. Now, they say, according to the wrap of this old article here, a protest was planned at City Hall on Wednesday following the news of Lee's felony charge, the Dallas Morning News reported, as the video and Lee's story spread. And according to Lee, Lee told the WFAA soon after the incident, all I could do was try to protect myself. He literally sat there and beat me like a man. Yeah, so now... I, again, I, that's a, that's really sad that that happened, and then I hope that everything gets rectified in that particular case. But the reason why I say that there's some different ways of handling situations like that, I just recently, where I pulled out and went to a, up to a, a stop light, traffic light, and it was a cross street, major thoroughfare. Now, I, it was a one way on the side where I'm at, and the other way to go the opposite direction with this, you know, almost a block long, basically a block long in a fifth median. So this young lady makes a left turn and she starts coming towards us. You could tell looking at her face that she was like, oh, I just went the wrong way. I'm not saying that this is what happened in that particular case, but I looked at her like strangely too when she made the left turn. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, what the heck are you doing? Because I Dog, I'm sure don't want you hitting me in my car. But when I saw that she was, yeah, hey, she made you turn around. She came back to the light and then made a left and, and did which, you know, the proper was, you know, direction of traffic. Mistakes happen. I'm sure Mr. Sheffield has made mistakes in his life. I've seen people speed. I'm sure Mr. Sheffield has sped. I'm sure he's not being caught every time that he's sped 
or made a traffic violation, not stopping completely at a stop stop sign, didn't yield properly, didn't turn signal. There's a whole lot of things that he probably has done as well. And I don't think that he would appreciate someone taking a a picture of, of, of his license plate. We don't want people driving down the wrong way, but it does happen. Sometimes it's not purposeful. Sometimes it is by mistake. And so you made a huge assumption that that was, you know, and then you went further to instigate the situation. I just don't understand why people feel this need that they have to control people. Not at all. So we are about halfway in. Didn't I, I told people? <laughs> uh, let me say that right because I don't want anybody. I, that's a little funny little joke that I have that I say to some people. But uh, I've, yeah, I've told many people that. So we're at about, yeah, wow. Time goes really, really go fast when you're digging into the meat and the guts of all these different stories. So we're going to take a quick break here. I'm going to wet my palate. Yes, I need something to drink. And for your listening pleasure, we're going to listen to a few minutes of kind of an uplifting song. You know, we're talking about some downer type stuff, you know, but it's stuff that's necessary to talk about. I think you have to dig into these types of things when you talk about societies and communities and how we want people to to act and respond and behave around each other because you have to live, unless you're going to live way out in the country by yourself, it's not just you. So you can't just think of life and community in only your way of thinking. It's kind of psychotic. We might need to institutionalize you if you're thinking that way. There's a lot of people Still alive on this earth. So for your listening pleasure, we're going to do a song, and it's by DJ, and I'm going to butcher this too, and I'm so, so sorry, so I'll probably butcher better. Shiga, M-S-H-E-G-A, featuring Zion, Z-I-Y-O-N. How do you feel? It's on YouTube. It was published. February 15, 2019. Let me make sure that I give all credit to all the folks that are doing some wonderfully creative things. And I'll be quiet for a few minutes.
actually, and that's kind of hard in this country as well because we have so put layers in there that most of the politicians have absolutely no idea what you and I, average Joe, as they call it, thinks or believes or wants or desires. Because if they did, they wouldn't make some of the decisions that they make. Ain't nobody ever came to my place of residence. And I've been on this earth for quite a while. And I've actually gone to some different things in my lifetime. Uh, Not necessarily rallies, but uh, community events, town halls, different things of that nature. Nobody has ever asked me, and I am a, a, a living human being, what my thoughts are about how we should live or how we should, you know, govern our communities, our city. Our... And yet once these individuals get into these positions of power, the first thing they do is disconnect themselves from the people that you're supposed to supposed to be getting the information from on how to govern. So then how can you govern? And then how can you get up on TV and and uh, prop yourself up as if you talk to all the – you have not. And the many people that I talk to on a daily basis, for, for the vast – we pretty much have the same wants and needs, and we're, we come from different backgrounds different socioeconomic constructs, many people from different countries as well. Yet there are some basic things that every human being needs and and, and wants and desires. But to think that your way is the only way, ah. And then to then totally forget about those people who voted you in and their in, and what they've told you that I guess the few that you have talked to their interests are and then not to work. That's the other thing that bothers me about this system. I'm sorry, I am on a sort of slight bit of tangent rant. To work as little as they work and to get as little done as they get done and accomplished. That actually benefits the people, let's say that, because there is stuff that gets done. And more times than not, it benefits corporations. And, and the things that are always on the chopping blocks are the things that help the actual people who just voted you in. Oh, well, thank you. Nice. Thank you. That's how you thank me for. <laughs> Start cutting everything that you said that you, that you wanted. So, yes, change should and needs to happen in how we do business in, 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 in the country and how we do – how I say, hey, get rid of all of them. If you have an approval rating like they did and if my evaluation was that low, I would not have a job. I'd have a pink slip. The other thing is that there should be term limits for senators and representatives. There's just term limits for the president. Nobody should be able if you're and, and, and if you're there really to serve the people, 
I'm not saying that you couldn't do that for 20, 30 years or whatever, but there should be, there should be, I'm not going to give that example because I gave it in another episode. So you can go back and check out all the episodes on Blog Talk Radio, all the conversations that I've had. Throw that little plug in there. So back to the book, but I'll say vote, vote, vote. There's only two, I mean, you're going to either get involved in the process or you're not. And then if you if you don't vote, then you really don't have a leg to stand on to complain about anything, especially if you've been given that opportunity. Now, if you have not been given that opportunity, that's a totally different ballgame. That's a totally different story. So I'm going to read an excerpt. Uh, so please indulge me for the last part because this is going to totally be the last 30 minutes. It's going to be focused solely on the book. And this uh, from uh, and this kind of uh, we'll talk about uh, some things that are going on in the country right now, and it will be uh, directly related to what the president of the United States said here recently. Um, but I want to give you a visual picture, and this is uh, <clears throat> Chicago, and again, this is when uh, the former First Lady Michelle Obama was growing up, and this is a part of her becoming. Me. This is that portion of the book, and we'll be t- uh, talking about some other portions of the book um, in the next episode. But this will we'll kind of wind it down with what the president said uh, just as of today. I just listened to it on MSNBC, uh, so yeah, don't get mad at me for those of you who don't like that particular station. That's okay because I do. <laughs> and it's not as if they put those words in his mouth. They actually show visual, visual and the audio, the video and the audio. And these are words that he said about uh, 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 racism, uh, white nationalists. So I'm going to read this excerpt. So like I said, indulge me for just a moment. And this uh, deals with discrimination and, and her early, uh, her early vis- uh, visual uh, uh, recollections of it when it dealt with African-American uh, men, uh, primarily, that it, so to speak. So anyway, now, this particular form of discrimination altered the destinies of generations of African-Americans. Including many of the men in my family, limiting their income, their opportunity, and eventually their aspirations. As a carpenter, Southside wasn't allowed to work for the larger construction firms that offered steady pay on long-term projects, given that he couldn't join a labor union. My great-uncle Terry, Robbie's husband, had abandoned a career as a plumber for the same reason, instead of becoming a Pullman porter. There was also Uncle Pete on my mother's side, who'd been unable to join the taxi driver's union and instead turned to driving an unlicensed jitty, picking up customers who lived in the less safe parts of the west side where normal cabs didn't like to go. These were highly intelligent, able-bodied men who were denied access to stable, high-paying jobs, which in turn kept them from being able to buy homes, send their kids to college, or save for retirement. It pained them, I know, to be cast aside, to be stuck in jobs 
they were overqualified for. To watch white people leapfrog past them at work, sometimes training new employees they knew might one day become their bosses. And it bred within each of them, at least at a basic level of resentment and mistrust. You never quite knew what other folks saw you to be. And that's a sad, sad testimony that so many people have had to endure these types of situations. I myself have heard these stories within my own family where a white person was brought in and a family member had to train them and then that person became their boss. And it's sad that we live still in 2019 in society and societies all around the world where we still can't get through our thick freaking craniums that people ain't better than each other. The lap of luxury that many Caucasians live in is not because of some of the great inventions that your people only invented. You don't have a monopoly on creativity, inventions, and all these other things that have helped to push humanity forward. And as intelligent as you say you are, you really show how ignorant you are by the fact that you can't and don't see that. And for so long have continued to try to bully people into living a way that you want them to live. And you can't even control yourself. And look at how you live. So you have individual groups, and they're not all Caucasian. There are many extreme groups around the world, and they come in many different shapes, forms, and fashions. And again, as many people, I'll say this, as many people have lived on this earth prior to these meeting here, right? All the trillions and trillions of people that have lived before and that will probably live until this earth goes away, to think you, one individual, regardless of what your ethnicity is, your origin, your background, what your family history is, how much money you have, this, to think that you, in your finiteness, have the only way to live successfully in this world, you're crazy. And I guess there's a whole lot of crazy people out there, but you're crazy. And you need to stop. Because there's no sense for all this. There is a way to successfully live and navigate this life without all this craziness. It just don't have to exist. But then I have to just wonder, again, no, I don't have to wonder. I see it. But it's sad because it doesn't have to be. But it also lets me know that you don't value the blessing of what we've been given. You won't even allow the blessing that we've been given to work on your own behalf. So instead of being the best world that we can be, instead of being the best that we can be as human beings and as 
uh, humanity. We want to see how we can tear up this gift called life in, in humans. You had no parts of controlling on how we even get here, you yourself or anybody else, per se. I mean, yeah, women, yeah, you do have a part of that process. But in the grand scheme of things, we don't control anything, yet we continue to try to destroy what, what has been given to us. That, that rationale doesn't make sense. When we can see that if you cultivate people, cultivate their gifts and their talents, oh, boy, what can the possibilities be? We've seen people uh, uh, find cures for diseases, invent all kinds of technology. But we can't seem to, to make that connection to say that, oh, we'll accept them because and forget the color of their skin or where they're from, and all those things, as long as is what they're giving us benefits us, we'll, we'll, we'll let it slide just just long enough so we can take advantage of what they, yeah. As soon as that subsides, right, then you go back to treating people. So the president says today, and they said several times, and it's not just today. But white nationalism and racism is not a problem in this country. We may not see it blip up every single day in our news feeds or on social media. But the fact that it even exists in the United States in 2019 is one of the biggest travesties in history. Because of the history of this country and what it was founded on, the fact that even one incident happens is too many. The fact that any politician would side with those who have those types of values and thoughts and actions should not serve in the public. If you're going by, and this is a big if, if you're going by what you say that you believe as far as these founding documents and the things and the laws that we subscribe to supposedly in this country, I'll say one, and I'll continue to probably say it to the day that I die. There are people that I disagree with probably every single day. I can disagree and move on. I cannot fathom living on this earth for 50, 60, 70, 80. Sometimes some of these people are living 90, 100 years. And all the all that you have to show for in your life is hate. And then if you ask you a couple of questions, you sound really ignorant. Like, come, come up with something else. 
You don't have anything. And that's sad. I, honestly, I feel sorry for, for you. I, I don't even, I'm not even angry at you. I understand where you're at. I understand what you believe. But the facts, the real facts, not the fake ones, ah, they're not swinging in your favor. I'm just trying to figure out what you're afraid of. What the hell are you afraid of? Because you know what? If you have whatever it is that you have, whatever that skill, whatever that talent is, whatever, if you're confident in what that is and what you can do, then you don't have to discourage other people. You don't have to down other people. You don't have to. You go about your business and you do what you do and you're successful at it, period, point blank. But you must not be all that confident about who you are, what your abilities are, because you're always trying to pull from other people. And not just pull from other people. You literally take. Take, 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 take. Yet you yet you put that perception onto minorities in this country, especially in the United States. How can you possibly, how can you possibly ever talk about taking when that's all you've done since you've been in this country? It's take. I don't get it. But to say it's not a problem, and I understand who we're talking about. I understand that fully. But to say that it's not a problem, and it's not a problem in this country. Hell, I can, I don't, and nobody's going to come and do an uh, interview or an article with me to ask me because I'm a nobody, right? So they're not going to ask me about my experiences, but I can tell you many experiences that I've had in this country that were solely based off of the, the color of my skin. So don't tell me it's not a problem. Yet you don't care, and you don't care enough because you're not going to go and ask the people who are being affected by it. You'll sit in your little houses. You'll sit somewhere where it doesn't affect you or you think it doesn't affect you. If you want to govern, you go govern by going and talking to the people that are affected by whatever it is, whatever the issue is. Don't assume to think that you know how it feels, because if you've never lived it, then you don't know. So I... I, I I really hope that as we progress forward, maybe I shouldn't even use the word progress, as time, as we know it, continues, that maybe more and more people um, get fed up with the status quo in the sense I'm not inciting some revolution or something like that. I'm just saying voting but voting for people who actually have a heart to to for people that is not in it for the money. I'm not saying that you make a, a buku of money being, but you but though you you're making a lot more money than 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 the poverty level. I don't see anybody that's in politics that's poor. I'm just saying. You're not standing in anybody's soup line or, or food kitchen or anything like that. 
but someone who is not in it for themselves. So we're going to take one last break. We're going to take one, one, I think. That's the plan. One last little quick break. And once we get back, we'll kind of wrap up one last thing out of the book. And then we'll talk about a few things that are going to lead into, guess what, season three, actually. This will be season three coming up. And we'll talk about, we've got a couple, of, a couple of things that I want to put out there about season three and how that's going to be slightly different than season two, which we're currently in right now. So, um, and these are things that are going to be going on for later on this year. So, uh, give me just a moment here. We've got one last little break, and then we've got about 15 minutes left in the show, and we will be out of here. We're on a wonderful, beautiful Saturday night. And I would say where I'm at, but I'm not. Because I like to go all over the place, so I could be anywhere in this world right now. Fortunately, it is getting warmer where I'm at, and so I don't have to worry about the cold as much, which means I'll probably be doing a little bit of pushback on that coffee. And so... I'm going to take one little last little break, as I said, and we'll be back in just a moment. I want to drive you ahead of us too with the 
And this is when she was actually trying to start exerting herself in the sense of going to meet other uh, kids, getting more involved. Uh, her brother was starting to play hoops and everything, and he was getting involved uh, in the parks and stuff. And there was a certain boundary that she had had for herself for such a long time. And then she finally began to start passing that boundary and going and kind of opening up herself to other people. And this is another passage about opening up herself to uh, some of her cousins. So anyway, one summer day when I was about 10, I sat on a stoop chatting chatting with a group of girls my age. We were all in pigtails and shorts and basically just killing time. We were, what were we discussing? It could have been anything, school, our older brothers, and Ant Hill on the ground. At one point, one of the girls, a second, third, or fourth cousin of mine, gave me a sideways look and said, just a touch hotly, how come you talk like a white girl? The question was pointed, meant as an insult or at least a challenge, but it also came from an earnest place. It held a kernel of something that was confusing for both of us. We seemed to be related, but of two different worlds. I don't, I said, looking scandalized that she'd even suggested and mortified by the way the other girls were now staring at me. But I knew what she was getting at. There was no denying it, even if I just had. I did speak differently than some of my relatives, and so did Craig. Our parents had drilled into us the importance of using proper diction, of saying going instead of going, and isn't instead of ain't. We were taught to finish off our work. They bought us a dictionary and a full Encyclopedia Britannica set, which lived on a shelf in the stairwell to the apartment. Its titles etched in gold. Anytime we had a question about a word or a concept or a piece of history, they directed us toward those books. And so I'll kind of I'll stop it there. But it's so funny because I remember back growing up myself and the dictionary. My mother would do the same exact thing. We weren't allowed to say certain words, uh, a certain, you know, and say them in a certain manner. We, we had to pronounce words. We had to say the entire word. And it's so funny as I was reading this because I'm just sitting up here, I'm sitting laughing because went through the exact same thing and went through many, many uh, years of, of, of people saying that I talk proper whether it was on the phone or in person. So I know how that feels. And the fact that you can be related to people but be so far removed from thinking alike, wanting to live alike, sounding alike, acting alike, whatever, it could possibly be that. But that is all in the fact of the beauty of life. It's not that everybody should be like you. The beauty is in the differences that we all have and how those differences brought together can make beautiful things in life. And we've seen that over many, many years, over many, many centuries, going all the way back, the fact that we can go back and the fact that we can record history and have recorded history. Being able to enjoy that blessing Versus trying to tear each other down. And that never works. Duh. It just has not worked, people. 
So look, I'm I gotta start wrapping this down. We're down towards the the uh, the few last few minutes of the show. I again, like I said, I'm I'm actually getting ready to delve into the second part, becoming us. And I'm definitely excited about that portion of the book. So our next episode, our next conversation is going to continue to dive further into the book. And so we probably have two more episodes, um, um, conversations about uh, the book, and that will deal with that um, second portion. And, well, actually, we may have to do a third one because there is a last portion of the book as well. So... I said earlier, just a little bit earlier, that we were going to talk a little bit about the next season coming up. And some people say, well, that might be a little bit too early. Well, not necessarily because that's going to September, October roll around here really, really fast. So we're going to have a back-to-school contest. Don't know exactly what that We haven't got all the details on that yet, but we are going to have a back-to-school contest. So be looking out for that. Um, Please go like and follow us on Instagram, as you heard in our intro. Uh, go follow us on Twitter. Go follow us on Instagram. Go follow us on YouTube. And you will find more information about that contest coming up soon. The other thing is that uh, in some of the conversations that I've had and even in some of the feedback that we've had about the show, I thank you for all those people, again, who are supporting and listening um, it does help if you go like, follow, and comment because um, it's difficult to try to get one-on-one some, sometimes because I also work a full-time job besides doing this and do a few other things outside as well, doing some acting and, and stuff of that nature. So uh, trying to get a personal one-on-one per se could be a lot more challenging, but send us, shoot us an email at kcrant70 uh, at gmail.com. I believe I said that correctly. And you can also um, send us your ideas as far as uh, topics within the conversation. So if you have those that you want to hear or you want something, uh, you want me to talk about a particular topic uh, or subject or you have an article that you think I might not have seen or something that's going on in your city, your town, your neighborhood that you want me to talk about, please do send us an email and they will definitely be considered uh, because as you can tell, we like to talk about everything because (laughs) everything uh, has an effect on life, life in general. So we've got about a minute left. I want to thank and appreciate Well, as you heard that girl, she just said 90 seconds. (laughs) But anyway, I look forward to the next conversation, and as always, we are trying to change lives one conversation at a time. I hope that you all have a restful, peaceful rest of the weekend and a beautiful, wonderful, blessed, progressive start to the work week. Um, Good night, girl. I thought you ain't supposed to be talking like that, but no, I'm just kidding. She she has a she has a very seductive way of saying sixty seconds. Did, did you notice that? Did anybody else notice that? If you heard it, because I maybe don't know. I think you heard that. But anyway, <laughs> I've had a wonderful time with you all this evening, 
and I'm energized, energetic about the next coming days, whatever that brings. Peace, love. I'm out of here. We'll talk to you soon. It is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.